All right, Mama, welcome to Restored Mama. I have a real treat for you today. One of my longtime friends, we recently reconnected. She has her own podcast and has been through so much in her life, has some amazing wisdom and insight that I just knew you needed to hear too. So I have brought her on today to share with us her experience and some really great knowledge that she has both professionally and from her personal experience with a child who has been diagnosed with PANDAS. She will explain all about what PANDAS is, but whether you have a child with special needs or your family has recently gone through a difficult diagnosis, cancer, some type of diagnosis that has just really rocked your family and you, this is for you. And if you don't have a difficult diagnosis or a child with special needs, you can get some amazing insights out of this as well, just for getting through difficult seasons. So I really can't wait for you to hear what she has to bring today. Hey mama, welcome to Restored Mama. Do you wish your days didn't go by in a blur because you are so busy? Ready to kill it as a homeschool mom trying to juggle home, family, and business as well? Does it feel like you're just trying to survive the day until you put your kids to bed? Do you need a time management strategy to balance it all? Hey, I'm Jen. I too was a mom that was trying to do it all but accomplishing nothing. I too felt worn out and drained and wished for freedom and balance in my life. I wanted to enjoy life and live out the calm God placed on me. But I kept telling myself life was always going to be this busy and I would never escape being that hot mess mom who lost her identity to motherhood until I found structure and time management strategies that actually work. In this podcast, you will find ways to prioritize to help you balance it all, learn habits to bring ease in your day, God-centered conversations to help you focus on what is really important, and ways to enjoy motherhood so that you will be able to go to bed feeling accomplished and loving life again. Warm up that cold coffee, kick up your feet. You deserve a break. Hello, amazing mamas. I have a real treat for you today. Andrea is joining us with some amazing insight on raising kiddos with special needs. Special needs can be a range of things from minor things that you just need to pay a little more attention to with your kids or to major life altering diagnoses with your kids. As many of you know, I have two kiddos with type 1 diabetes and our family is on a pretty strict dietary restrictions with gluten being a major player of issues in our home. We have had a lot to adjust and work through. Andrea has a lot of knowledge from both study and from experience in her personal life. And I can't wait for her to talk with us on all things raising kiddos with special needs. She has an amazing thriving business, a podcast called Abundant Wellness, and raises her own child with special needs as well as much, much more. But I'll let her talk to you about that. We really are blessed to have her with us today. So thank you so much, Andrea, for joining us. Let's thank you for off. having me. Oh yeah, I'm so excited. Let's I start off it. with telling everyone a little bit about you, professional, personal, whatever can help the mamas to get to know you a little bit better. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad that we've been able to reconnect and um and just share, you know, uh, share a little bit of our journeys together and um yes, yeah, so a little bit about me. I'm um obviously a mom of two young girls. Well, they're not so young anymore, but 12 and 8. Um, I am a registered nurse with the majority of my nursing background um, spent in pediatric acute care, pediatric ICU, NICU, um, before moving into nursing education. So training nursing students, I joke, training them not to kill people because that's where we start. (laughs) Um, And then we build up from there, right? (laughs) We have to have, yeah, we got to have start the threshold somewhere, right? Um, While at the same time, I was building 
what I now consider my dream business, which is really working with women and families um, in a holistic way. So started out with really just focusing on women's hormones um, because that was a huge part of my, my healing story is actually getting my life and my body back by balancing my hormones. And then the Lord really led me to, um, to opening up this whole other side of my business, which was more emotional coaching and inner healing and deliverance, which I've been doing like secretly, not so secretly (laughs) for like eight or nine years, but I never took it public uh, for lack of a better word until about a year ago. So that's a little bit about a little bit about me. I'm really curious. This has nothing to do with what we're talking about today, but I'm curious what made you decide to go public with it? Um, honestly, just the Lord telling me it was time and really just him giving me the confidence and the heart for people. I've always had the heart for people, but really I had to get over like my fears of what other people would think and you know, oh no, are they like, are they going to be confused? Like, wait, she's a hormone coach and she, you know, does like prayer ministry. I'm confused about what she does. Um, really, really the Lord just burdened my heart for the people just like me who, you know, he's like, Hey, what did Andrea 10 years ago need? You know, she needed somebody to take her hand and give her the tools and you're the person to give them the tools. And so really, I just had to get over myself and obey, I think is what it came down to. That's usually what it comes down to when things that with things that God has called you to do. You have to yep. get over yourself. And usually those things he's called you to do are things that you're kind of stuck in your own little world about. Yep. So true. You you mentioned that you have a child with special needs. Can you talk a bit about what it is that you guys are dealing with and how it's, it is in your home? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my daughter, Alexis, um, she's 12 years old and she is now at the age where I asked permission to share you know, parts of her story. And she's very, uh, she's very much like she wants people to know all about it because she knows how it's impacted her life. But also she's like, mom, like, we don't want kids to suffer. Like we want, you know, we want them to get healing. So just so everybody knows, like, I'm only sharing the pieces that she's, she's good with, but she has pandas. So pandas, um, stands for pediatric autoimmune neuropsychiatric disorder from acute streptococcus. Uh, which is basically big fancy words for, you know, she had a normal childhood strep infection at the age of eight. Wait, was she seven? Seven? I get the, it's all a blur. You know, when you've had like a big life-changing diagnosis, it's like, how old were we at that time? (laughs) Um, Everything from that point on is kind of a blur, but um, I think she was, yeah, seven and a half or eight at the time and got a normal, just run-of-the-mill strep infection that we treated Um, got rid of the strep infection, fever went away within about two days. And I noticed by like day three or day four that her behavior was not normal. Um, And she like basically stopped looking me in the eye. She was having defiance, rage, emotional outbursts, meltdowns. Um, And she, I mean, she's always been my strong-willed, like independent child, but she's never been up to that point, she was never outright disobedient, disrespectful. Like this was a completely different kid. And I had this gut feeling that all moms we have, whether we're in tune with it or not, I was like, something is not right. Like my child is not okay. And I had this kind of nagging thought that I was like, this might be pandas. Like, and I, you know, I knew about it because of my training Um, But I really only have ever seen one child in about 12 to 13 years that was actually clinically diagnosed with it. 
Now, there's a lot of reasons for that that I'm not going to get into, which is that most doctors aren't comfortable diagnosing um, pandas. However, for me, I just had this, like, something's wrong. I need to fix it. Like, I need to find somebody who can tell me what's wrong and how to fix it. And, you know, basically, by the time, um, I want to say it was about, it actually wasn't that long. It was within the same week that you know, I'm having this gut feeling something's not right. I had been scheduled to go to a vendor event for a company that I was affiliated with at the time. And um, in the back of my head, you know, I almost didn't go because I'm like all the mom worries, right? Like are in my head, like I need to be home. I need to figure out what's going on. I'm just like nagged and like something is not right and kind of in turmoil over it, but not really knowing how to fix any of it hoping that I'm wrong. Right. Um, and just like, okay, God, well, I can't cancel now because they're all expecting me to be there. And I'm at the table and I'm like, what the heck am I even doing here? Like nobody's coming up to my table. And this guy comes up, he just comes up and starts talking to me, which to that point, like there were, it was not a super friendly vendor event. I'll just put it that way. Like not a lot of communication was happening. So I was just like, uh, what am I doing here? And he was super friendly, came right up to my table. And there's a point to this, I promise. And he just said, Hey, I just wanted to introduce myself. I'm a new um, doctor to the area. I work specifically with children who have neurological and behavioral problems. Um, but I go from a, a, a functional medicine approach. And I literally, like my jaw hit the floor. I was like, I almost, if I didn't have a filter, I was like in my head thinking, shut up. You're kidding me. But thankfully, I didn't say that because I'm a professional, right? <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes I'm a professional. Um, and I just said, wow, that's amazing. Um, how soon can I get an appointment? And he looks at me and he gives me his card. And interestingly, a lady from a different vendor event was actually his front office manager. And he's like, I'm just going to have her come over here and schedule you for Monday. And so we got her right in. Um, I said, you know, I have this fear slash feeling and I don't know if I'm right. I, but could this be pandas? Like just the way this is presenting. And he said, you know, we're going to run all the tests, but I agree with you. Like this clinically looks like pandas and we need to be very aggressive in getting her help. And so God that, to meet him a hundred percent without question, because, you know, I'm in community groups with like 18,000 other parents of children with pandas. And most of them have to fight for years just to get the diagnosis. And Mm -hmm. we know that like the brain and the physiology cannot handle that kind of chronic stress Mm -hmm. for a long period of time without severe consequences. So for me, that's just, I mean, our journey has been brutal and hard. Like I'm not going to minimize that, but there was such a grace on just getting us to where we needed to go. That really is undeniable. I love that. You got the diagnosis, you went back home and now you are home with this child. And thankfully you had a little bit more knowledge on the book end of things because you had the experience professionally, but now it's personal. It's in your home. How did that affect you guys? Oh man. Yeah, very personal and very personal in the sense of, you know, it hits you where you live. It's kind of like when you hear, you know, probably the same for you, like you've heard about diabetes before, like you'd heard about childhood diabetes, but until you're walking in it, 
having to change literally everything about your life, mm-hmm. sleep habits, dietary habits, a uh, birthday party. I mean, like all the things you never had to think about before, right? It's in your face. So we are now in like behavior management 101, 100% of the time. And we have a three-year-old. So, and she's just our little, you know, happy little joy bomb. And she's like, what's going on? You know, this, it, it was crazy chaos for a very long time after that because she could not control her behavior. It was like somebody else was in the driver's seat. And she will even tell us this now. She's like, mom, I don't really remember what happened. I just know like when I would come out of those flares, it was like all of a sudden I could think clearly, Hmm. but I wasn't in control of my body or my mind or my thoughts. And thankfully she doesn't have any fear about that. Um, But as a parent, it was excruciating to watch my child that, you know, was very independent, um, you know, pretty much like always getting through her schoolwork, um, behaving normally, organizing her room, you know, picking out her clothes to me saying, can you pick up the sock on the floor and her not knowing how to do that? Like not knowing how to take a spoon from the dishwasher and put it into the drawer. I mean, it was, it was really like, if you've ever been around somebody with Alzheimer's or dementia or somebody who's had a stroke, Mm -hmm. it's very much like that. It was that drastic of a shift for her. And it slowly, well, really it wasn't slow. It was actually quite fast, but felt like this very, quick descent into losing almost all of her executive function, except for being able to go to the bathroom on her own, you know, those kind of like normal daily habits. So it really did took our entire life and flipped it upside down uh, within, you know, a matter of a few short months. And it took us years to climb out of that. So you as mom seeing your daughter going through this, Mm -hmm. how did that affect you emotionally? I I don't even know if I have words for it to this. I mean, if I'm totally honest with you, I think watching your child suffer is one of the worst pains a mom can feel or a dad can feel. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that it sent both my husband and I into cycles of grief, you know, at different times. So we're both like spinning right (laughs) in grief cycles or trauma cycles for, for years until she really started to recover and now it's like we're steadily starting to to see over a longer period of time this growth and healing process. Um, but yeah, and it and it was kind of like at, at points I just had to shut it off because I couldn't feel that and simultaneously be mom. Mm-hmm. So it was like I had to show up, I had to be strong, I had to push through the difficulty, even though it was breaking my heart. Um, you know, not only for her, but also the impact that that had on her sister and, you know, all of the other relationships around us. Um, it was like at certain points, I just, I couldn't hold both at the same time. I couldn't do both at the same time. Um, and I knew what was going to happen, which was that like, there's only so much I can feel right now. And I knew that once she started getting better, I probably would fall apart. And I just had to be okay with that. Um, and so I was like, I'm, I'm going to show up the best that I can. I'm going to feel as much of this as I can, because I don't want to have this massive crash, you know, when she starts to heal. But the reality is, is that when you walk through that as a parent, um, you are in survival mode, even when you're trying not to be, you are in survival mode. And I had to give myself grace for that, like to just walk that out. And once she did start to heal, I did crash. 
And I had to give myself a lot of grace for walking out the grief that came pretty unexpectedly. Cause I really, even though I knew in the back of my head, like I'm probably going to feel a lot of feels like when she starts to heal, I didn't expect to feel so much old pain, if that makes sense. Like she's healing. And now it's in my face that I lost three years of her life. Like having to parent her completely differently, not, I mean, she didn't want to hug us. She wouldn't look us in the eye. It was very much like losing her, you know? And I think as a parent, you, you, you just, you have to feel it. And it was always inconvenient, right? Like we're at the beach (laughs) having a great day and I'm like crying my eyes out because I'm like, wow, I don't remember the last time we had a good day, you know? And those kind of things that just kind of hit you out of nowhere that you have to learn to be present with. So emotionally, absolutely. Um, in a lot of ways it redefined how I do life, um, with my emotions because I learned a lot about myself in that. And I'm grateful. Um, I'm grateful for, you know, I would never wish to do it again and I would never wish it on my worst enemy, but I am grateful for what I learned, um, throughout that process. It's important when you're going through something so difficult to be able to find the good in it. And sometimes you can't find the good when you're in the midst of it. But once you do get in that, that routine and your new normal and a a new way to function, and you're not in that survival mode anymore, and then you have your crash. I definitely had my crashes with both Georgia and Caleb. It came sooner with Caleb because I didn't have so much adjustment period like I did with Georgia. I was more aware of diabetes and totally its effect and how to manage it. Not so as much of a my, shock. My crash came pretty quickly with him. It was like yeah. when we were in the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> with Georgia, it was probably, I mean, I did have a my minor crashes, but I was still in that survival mode for probably a good year with her. And then my yeah. crash came very unexpectedly mm-hmm. in the most op- inopportune moments. Right. It always <laughs> is. Like, why? Why now? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but as you're like, say, once you, had that crash and you were able to get into your new normal, how are you functioning on a day-to-day basis? Because you do, you have your own business, you Mm -hmm. have other kids, you're a wife, you still have your normal house chores and all the, the typical family stuff that you have to do. So how do you function professionally and physically and spiritually? How do you do all of that while you're still trying to manage life with a child who has such severe special needs? Absolutely. This is such an important question because I think, I think we have to realize when you get in this place that you cannot do it alone. Um, I cannot do it the same way that I was doing it before, which maybe meant alone was okay, right? Like not having support was fairly okay because I didn't need it. But now I'm like, if I am going to manage all of these things, I need a tremendous amount of support because I'm like, you know, now I'm, I'm not only, you know, providing basic nutrition for my kids and like just feeding them and sending them to school. It's advocating for educational support. It's making sure she gets services. It's, you know, being on the phone hours a week with insurance companies. Like there's so many other levels to this that are invisible to the outside eye. And so I think for me, I kind of had to get to this place where it was like, I can't, I can't do it this way anymore. Like I need to find support. And that's really what, you know, um, forced me to ask the harder questions of my friends even, um, and being like, look, 
I don't even have the energy to like tell you what I need. So here's a list. (laughs) If I text SOS, just pick anything on this list and that's going to help me. Like, I love that idea. And it was, it was so hard to do though. It was so hard to do because I'm a pretty independent person. Um, and so it was really hard for me to say like, look, we're in a flare and I can't cook meals. Like I literally cannot cook meals because I'm just trying to keep her from, you know, emotionally lighting the house on fire for lack of a better word. Um, and so it was like, I didn't have to say anything. I could literally text my SOS list and be like, we're in a flare. You guys do your thing. And they would literally just swoop in and support, you know, and it was really hard for me to do that, but it was absolutely a game changer because we went through probably like two to three years of her progress being very like two steps forward, three steps back, right? Mm -hmm. Two more steps forward, three more steps back. Because when you're actually working on healing the body, it it's a lot longer of a journey, right? Because there were so many levels of impact in her physiology. Um, that was huge was actually reaching out to my community, giving myself grace for the fact that I couldn't show up as a friend, even the way that I used to before. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. That one's a little bit more complicated to dive into, but like, I didn't have the emotional capacity, um, for things that I had to before. And so I had to learn how to communicate that to the people that I loved. Like, this isn't about, this isn't you. It's not anything you're doing wrong, but this is what I have the capacity for. This is where I can love you um, and still be the supportive Andrea that I am, but it's going to look different. Um, It meant that I had to lean a lot more on my support staff um, for tasks and duties that I would have normally done by myself. It meant getting counseling and regularly, a lot of it like every single week because I needed, I needed a place where I did not have to have a filter for what I was walking through. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we do feel that way, even in the best of relationships, even with our spouses that we have to buffer or protect or whatever. Um, so that was really essential for me as far as spiritually speaking. I know, like we talked about this being like a four, probably like a four part series, just because (laughs) there's so many nuances to it. But for me, spiritually, there were a lot of ups and downs with that because there was a lot that I had to reconcile with God about her illness. You know, like, why is this happening? Um, Why aren't you fixing it? Like, why isn't it, you know, like just, I mean, these are just honest questions. And I think if you have a child with special needs, we have got to be okay with asking the questions and allowing ourselves to go through those questions with God. Mm -hmm. Um, I knew he wasn't going to be mad at me for asking the hard questions and just sitting there for a while until I could reconcile with him and just be angry with him about it. You know, I really, I mean, I think you kind of just get so raw that it's like, I can't fake anything with you anyway, God, this day sucks. Like (laughs) I can't, uh, there's no happy words about it. I'm, I'm having a hard time being grateful and this is what we get. Um, But I will say that when I allowed myself to just be very honest with God about the process and how much I needed him, um, and how much I could not perform for him through this. I could not fake gratitude. I could not fake that I was okay. Like all the, any performance that I had left in my relationship with God was really stripped away in that season. Um, because it was just me and my mess. Mm -hmm. And I just had to be okay with letting him into that place and letting him love on me and really carry me through. 
And that's but when it, you get the most yeah. out of it with him too. Yep. You are real and raw and honest with him. Yep. I it's, it was the same for me with both Georgia and Caleb. And it's it's been a very recent um mm-hmm. recent situation with us because of Caleb. We're only a couple of months in with him and his diagnosis. Right. So it's still still really new and raw. And I yep. I had to just finally be okay with just sitting and talking with God, just totally real. Like, God, I don't get it. Yep. I don't know why my little six month old child is having to deal with something like this. I don't right. know why we have two children going through something like this. Why does this happen to our family? Yeah. What is going on? Like this yep. is there. And I was just totally honest and mm-hmm. real and raw. And I just sat there and cried and I just mm-hmm. laid it all out. I haven't gotten answers. I don't know that I'll ever get answers, but I'm still believing for both of their healings. Right. And God can, and he does heal. And I believe that they're going to be healed. I just don't know when, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I have to be okay with where we're at right now. Absolutely. Trusting God to take us on the journey that we're on. Absolutely. No, that that's so good. And I, I will just say like probably the most profound moments that I've had with God throughout this journey has been in just not faking it anymore. You know, like I can't pretend I can't perform. I can't, you know, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't angry with with you about this because it's just so unfair. Right. And then, you know, in addition to that, most special needs families that I know, they're also dealing with the injustices in the system, right? Mm -hmm. So there are like insurance doesn't cover the majority of what we need, or um, you can't get physical therapy because they're like, she acts totally fine when she's here. And you're like, that's not, (laughs) ah, anyways. So you know what I mean? So you're, you're meeting multiple levels of injustice and it can be very, it can feel very victimizing in a certain way. And so you have to have a soft place to land, you know? And I think, for me, I just had to allow myself to create that with God, you know, create that, that soft place to land and just let him carry me through. Like you said, Um, because we don't have answers to so much of it. And, but we do know what the word says, which is that he does work all things for our good. And I think at the end of the day, you know, even if I circle through emotions like David did, it's like, but I know that at some point, some way, somehow, you're going to work this for my good. So yeah. I'm going to, I might be pissed off about it, but we're just going to let it be what it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and God knows when you're pissed off. Right. Can't fake it. So, <laughs> yep. Can't fake it. And he will, he'll turn it all for good. You'll be able to help other people, other families that are going through this. And if you hadn't been through it yourself, you wouldn't be able to. Right. Exactly. Exactly. What tips, I mean, we can go on forever about that. and. Like you said, it could be a four-part series because there's so much to it, but what tips would you give to the moms out there that are dealing with special needs of some sort, whether it's small or big, multiple kids, or just one, it's all a huge effect on a family. What tips would you give those moms? Um, My biggest and first thing, and this is what I wish, and I don't feel any shame about this at all, but I wish, you know, survival mode keeps you from thinking, right? You're thinking for survival. You're not thinking for like, what does future me need? Right. Um, but the biggest thing, and I think that you would probably agree with me on this, um, you know, the needs are varied, like depending on the medical complexity, how that impacts the family unit. But the very most important thing that I would say is, is 
do not let the fear of what other people think of you keep you from reaching out for help and support. We did have some people um, in our family that were not supportive, um, that, you know, didn't believe the diagnosis, didn't believe the treatment plan, didn't agree with us in our parenting style. Like, so we lost some support with that. And that did for a while make it very hard for me to feel like, can I actually reach out and ask for support and have that need met, right? I felt like I had to validate it all the time. So that would be my very first piece of encouragement is to push through that, like really push through that because we cannot do this alone. We're not meant to do it alone. And I can say that, you know, my daughters, my family, like it changed the dynamic of everything once we started to feel like people were actually rallying around us instead of feeling so isolated. Don't be afraid to seek professional help. If you need medication, if you need to go have a doctor support you, if you need to go to counseling, like this does impact you on every single level, physical, emotional, and spiritual. And so looking at those three areas to see like, where, where do I really need help to, to be able to carry this load that I'm, I've been entrusted with. God isn't saying for you to carry it alone. There is a grace to actually receive the resources, but sometimes we have to push through our own mental blocks, right. To actually, to actually get the help that we need. So I know for us, like it was, it was hard to prioritize those things because it was a financial expense, right? So it was money we didn't have because we're already paying for everything out of pocket. But at the same time, it was like, well, we're going to have to go in debt with for it. This was our personal decision. If this is our journey, then God's going to fund it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know where the money's going to come from, but I know that I'm his kid too. And I also need help. So, you know, I'm just going to let it fall where it lands. And so far, every bill has been paid, you know, whether that's been income for me or income for my husband, but just not putting yourself on the back burner, which is the easiest thing to do. And it's the first thing that we do. Um, We have to begin to take those baby steps and what support do I need? And how can I just take a baby step to reach out for that today? That would be like my little, my little nugget for um, taking some of those action steps. That's a good nugget. I like it. Thank you. (laughs) Hopefully it's helpful. Helpful for me. I'm sure it's helpful for many of the moms listening. Yeah. Thank you. It was great, great tidbits. So many great tidbits from you today. And I wish we could just go on forever and maybe I'll have you back on to elaborate a little bit more another time. I love that. But if they want to hear in the meantime, if they want to hear more from you, where can they find you? Yeah. So, uh, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. This is such a fun and good and necessary conversation to have. And I know had I been a listener, you know, five years ago, it would have just been like honey to my soul, you know, oh, I'm not alone. Um, so thank you for just creating that space for moms. Cause it really is, it is, it is really essential. Um, but as far as finding me, um, you can find me on Instagram, um, at abundant wellness with Andrea, um, my website, which is just www.abundantwellnesswithandrea.com. Um, or you can listen to my podcast, which is, um, from surviving to thriving with Andrea. So, um, and I think I'll link all that in the show notes too. So you can just click on the show notes and, and find her easy. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. It really was a blessing. And I know it's going to help a lot of mamas out there that are struggling with having kids with special needs in their home. So I really appreciate it. Oh, well, it's a, it's a privilege and a joy to get to take 
the poop and let it be fertilizer for somebody else, right? Exactly. (laughs) You have to take the poops that's there and spread it. Yeah, there you go. In a good way, right? (laughs) Exactly. Oh my goodness. It was so much fun having Andrea on here and I can't wait to have her on again. I hope you got as much out of this as I did. I'm so thankful that she was able to join us and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and we will see you next Monday. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. If you liked the episode, please take a moment to leave a review. This helps to get Restored Mama out there into the world to help more mamas like you find the joy and freedom in the restoration God has waiting for them. If you liked Mama's show, leave a review. It will help her get seen. I would love to hear your story, where you're at, and what you're hoping to learn and gain from Restored Mama. Send me an email at restoredmamapodcast at gmail.com to fill me in on your journey. I can't wait to hang out with you again next time. Until then, I hope this has blessed you today, and I can't wait to see what God is going to do in your life.